How's it going everybody? Austin Wiggins with another episode of Off the Cuff and today this is the last episode of 2023. We are approaching Christmas and just wanted to say thank you to everybody who's listened for this long. Uh, we're I think we started in March so we're coming up on the better part of a year here and uh, about 25 episodes per year is kind of what I'm doing. So we're we're really close to the first year, what I'm calling season, uh, done. And I've got some pretty cool things that I'm uh, looking forward to for season two slash year two of the podcast. Um, so stay tuned for that. Going to be revisiting, potentially revisiting some some old friends and guests that have been on the show. And I'd like to do more, um, you know, bringing on multiple people, like multiple um People in past episodes, bringing them together for more revisited, but also, you know, more dynamic conversations and kind of pairing up people that you've already met and but that they already know. And some in some cases, maybe they don't know. They only they've never met, you know, because there's a lot of people in my network that have not met each other, obviously. So I think that'd be kind of neat. But also, I have several other people. I have 20 plus people on a list that I'm reaching out to and will be reaching out to to uh, really get. 2024 rolling with the podcast and uh, so yeah I'm very excited about that but today today's episode I'm welcoming on Joy Battles and Joy is a family friend of mine her her son is one of my best friends and she is a retired postal worker um, a mail carrier and man let me tell you that's been something that I've just always been fascinated with um, and I just really think there's a lot to it because my, my, you know, you know how I am. My brain just overthinks and I see a, you know, I see a transfer truck and I think of the, you know, trillions of parts and, uh, logistics that are going in, making the truck run. Where is it going and what's it doing and why is it going there? And, you know, um, so that's just kind of how my brain works and kind of why I wanted to start this podcast in the first place, to be honest with you. So it's just been nice to communicate and have and, and hear the stories of all these people so far throughout this throughout the first year of uh, of off the cuff. Um, but without further ado, I want to carry on to the conversation. Joy is awesome, and uh, just really dive, just buckle up, and just get ready to get into the nitty gritty of U.S. mail. Well, Joy, thank you so much for coming on the, the podcast. I know it was completely random. I just called you up one day and said, hey, you want to come on the show? And uh, <laughs> you didn't know what to expect by, by any means. So uh, so thank you for coming on and humoring a crazy old fool. <laughs> You're not old. I'm, I'm, a, I'm Okay, I'll take that. So crazy, still young fool. Yeah, I'll, but I'll that's that. good. That's that means though. you I take like risk. Yeah. You, uh yeah, you're not just boring. Yeah, they say the only thing separating a fool and the genius is success. Yeah, <laughs> and a and a genius makes a lot of mistakes sometimes before they. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Success yeah. is a is a side effect of a lot of failure. Mm-hmm. So, well, I, let me start off by just saying, you know, one of the two things, uh, well, three things I should say. There's three things on this and on the planet that I consider witchcraft. One of them is the construction industry because i don't see how in the world they do that the second thing is the u.s postal service and how that happens and then the third thing of course is of course witchcraft itself 
Okay. I consider witchcraft to be witchcraft, but I don't condone witchcraft, and nor does anyone, the disclaimer, nor does anyone in my company condone witchcraft. I should just get that out of the way. Okay. But it is witchcraft. So, but the reason I called you is not because of actual witchcraft. It's because of the Postal Service. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And define for me how you think that it's witchcraft. In other words, you think that it, you cannot see how it's It's, possibly done. It seems so, when you sit down and think about it, and I'm an overthinker, I have to prevent myself from thinking too hard about just about everything. I see a bench, I'm like, how many people did it take to design, build, ship, and get that bench from someone's mind to that a, a person's living room you know so I, I see a transfer truck and i'm like how many people and mines and logistics and you know thoughts had to go into building this truck this semi truck and the contents within it and that you know where is it going where did it come from mm-hmm. why is it going there mm-hmm. i have to prevent myself i just think like that so when i think of the postal service like Every single mailbox in this country, P.O. box, everything, and I don't know, I'm speaking, that's why I want to talk to you, because I have such an ignorant view of how all that works. But when you think about every, more or less, every mailbox in the nation has to be either physically touched or at least examined, because the if the flag is up, that, mm-hmm. that mail has to be picked yeah. up. So even if there's no mail for a person's we home, still have to go by you still have to check it to mm-hmm. see if there's anything to be picked up. Mm-hmm. So that has just always fascinated me. Um, so that's why I had you on here because you worked. So tell me about your career just at a high level. Like you worked for the Postal Service. How long did you work for the Postal Service? I worked 23 years, Okay, uh, which went toward my retirement. Now, there's actually a few more months maybe that where I was, they don't count toward your retirement because you were a substitute. Mine, I did pay back some of it. I could buy back some of that and have it count toward retirement. So there may be a few more months, but 23 years, basically, is what my retirement was based on. And what did you do exactly? What was your primary role? I was a rural mayor. Can't say it. Rural mail carrier. Well, rural is hard. It's a a crime that the word rural even exists, right? You know? (laughs) I mean, whoever invented that word needs to be, needs to be. To put two R's that close together. I don't. don't. Yeah. But so you were uh, basically, you drove the, um, the truck, the vehicle. Well, I drove my own vehicle at first. Oh, really? Really? didn't even get assigned a vehicle. That is part of the big problem why people uh, hesitate about going into it is when you first go in, sometimes you might have to have your own vehicle. Mm-hmm. But some the vehicle is a, the postal vehicles are assigned to routes. So certain routes have them, certain routes don't. I think at this point more routes have them now than they did back when I uh, first started. And I had to drive a my own vehicle, which there's a lot of stories I could tell you about the vehicles. But um, first, and then I got a postal vehicle, but. When I switched routes on my last route for retirement, I switched to supposedly the best route in the post office, but I had to have a mail vehicle instead of the postal vehicle. But they told me they thought it would get a postal vehicle soon, but it didn't. So that whole last um, um, years of my route were on Route 1, Silver Creek, but I had to have my own vehicle, which at that time I had a Jeep Liberty. And I put a, we put a dual control on it. Okay. So I had two steering wheels. Okay. So that's, so before we get 
all that's interesting. I want to definitely, especially talk about the vehicles because I didn't even think about that yeah. and the evolve, <laughs> how those have evolved. And um, mm-hmm. I know a lot now, like we have a lot of them going electric. Uh, well, I don't know a ton about that, but I know there's at least some. Yeah, you see some electric postal and actually vehicles. electric might work well for some routes. Yeah, I mean in some places, I really um, I haven't explored what they're doing with that. But if it's a short route with a lot of stops, I don't know how the electric battery uh, runs. If it runs. Use more if you have more stops or something. I don't well, know. So well, I have a plug-in hybrid, and generally speaking, it does. Um, electric cars perform much better with it for a lot of stop and go. Really? Yes. Okay. Because it uses that sort of energy that like braking and a lot of that um, uh, that stopping and the friction and everything that it uses that to actually. That's the hybrid, though. Well, electric cars do the same thing. They do. Mm-hmm. They to my yeah to my knowledge, I mean like a a Tesla. When you, they still regenerate energy, like okay. when you're stopping. That's why they say, like, I like to, th- people say there's a certain mile range on it. I tend to say that it's more of an active range. So it's like if it's a two, like when my car has a, a 26 mile range on pure battery, which isn't a whole lot, but um, for a plug-in hybrid, the way it works is effectively that battery allows you to be, it just lets you average much higher miles per gallon. So I'll average around 60 to 90 miles to the gallon depending on if i'm doing a lot of highway versus a lot of stop mm-hmm. and go now it's completely inverted though if you're on highway you get less miles per the gallon because hmm. the highway you're not doing as much stopping and go you're not braking you're not you're pretty much keeping the accelerator pressed so if you're accelerating or have your foot on the accelerator you're going to use pretty much you're going to deplete all your battery really quickly whereas if you're like in a stop and go atlanta traffic in my case you're going to you have to go almost entirely home I could go 50, 60 miles without even touching gas because of the stop and go. Well, that is interesting because I'm trying to think the last contract, I'm pretty sure uh, that they made because they've got a new contract coming out for postal vehicles. And uh, I looked at the picture. I, they look, they, they have a tendency to make those top heavy for some reason. Yeah. And, well, when you're going around curves and things like that, you don't want top heavy, but um, the picture I saw, I questioned, I didn't really like it. But anyway, there's supposed to be in the next contract, a certain percentage of the vehicles would be electric. Okay. So if that's the case, they're probably planning on putting those on the high stop routes. So you're paid, uh, some of the routes, um, the way that you're paid is number of mailboxes and number of miles. Yeah. But now they've recently gone to digital um, pattern. Uh, it's a pattern of your route, and they will measure and digitize everything on your route. And so when you're doing everything you do on the bus service, it's digitized. So you have this little scanner, you scan everything. But I won't go into detail on that because I haven't done it, but I've read a lot about it. But um, the high-density routes uh-huh. that have more stops would probably work well with an electric vehicle if that's the case what you're saying that they actually increase the battery as they go now whether or not the batteries it is it's tough mileage a lot of the roads are you know on rural routes are tougher mileage and they are longer so city routes i think would probably be good with that yeah city routes would be perfect rural would be basically impossible yeah i would think yeah yeah for the rural routes but um so before we get 
so many, first of all, so many things have popped in my head I want to touch about because I know okay. you've been involved, like you talked about, with conventions, yeah, the postal service. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm see my I'm, shirt. I always, yep. they always have pretty shirts. I love it. And you're, yep, you're wearing a beautiful, like and almost like a tie dye. Oh, you work for the postal service. And yes, I'm proud I work for the postal service. Yeah. Well, I love Even your shirt. It so. has a bad reputation. And, you know, I can understand it. But yep. uh, still, I worked hard and it was a good job. And, um, you know, it was a hard job. Yeah. But I felt like I was serving people and doing something purposeful. And so. Yeah. Which is an, which is all the reason, all the more reason I'm excited to be talking to you because all these things are the things like every job. I don't, you know, whether you're a, you know, astrophysicist or, um, you know, a greeter at Walmart, you know, mm-hmm. it's like I feel like every profession, everyone has a story. And I'm, I'm so excited to to dive into every as many possible you know, paths of life as I possibly can. And this is one of those things I've, you know, the mail service, the postal service is just something that's so fascinating to me. But, and to, but to, for the listener, so the shirt you're wearing, she's talking about is you get this, it's beautiful, like almost like a purplish, Easter egg, like <laughs> basically tie dye. I've got, it's tie dye, but I've got several different colors and, uh, you know, shades of colors. Mm-hmm. I've got some that are darker, some that are blue, some that's got some yellow and green in them. So I've got about six or eight tie dyes that I, like they're all branded with the postal service. Yeah, logo. they all have so a postal that. service brand. I noticed that when I first walked in, I was like, "You're you're sporting yeah. the brand. Oh, you got you got you're definitely loved loved your job for yeah. sure." Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but before we dive too more too much deeper into all the the fun stuff, I want to kind of back up. I like to start more or less every episode with how we met and you know how you came into my network and because that's effectively the the kind of the, if there's any consistency in any of these in, in this show, it's really just. The people I know, the people I network with, and my love of documentary storytelling and filmmaking and that kind of thing, and then um, and also talk about where we are and why we're here. Um, so we met. How, so how do we know each other? Well, uh, the first I heard of you was uh, when my son Zach had you in high school, Pepperell High School, and y'all were doing these crazy videos. He let y'all do stuff. What was it called? The, big man or so well there were several things that the i think what you're talking about is the character of little man boy little man boy yes oh, we had a so basically yes in high school so your son zach is to this day is one of my very best friends in fact he's actually going to be in my wedding mm-hmm. um it's been coming up on let's see was the 2011 i met him about 15 years ago um, and, and in high school, he was actually my teacher. And of course, you know this, I'm speaking to the listener really at this point, but, mm-hmm. um, he was my teacher, computer teacher. And one thing led to another and we wound up actually making video content for the website, the school's website. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a variety show. We did a bunch of random like pr- promo videos for different things around the school. Um, and we had a, the variety show was called the biscuit. And that's actually, um, one of the characters on that show was the, the little man boy, okay. adventures of little okay. man boy. So that's the first time you heard, oh, goodness gracious. So And so, yeah, watching, I mean, after I watched a couple of those, I said, this is crazy. I can't believe they're letting him put this stuff up. And there's nothing bad about it. It was just crazy and and silly, yeah. you know. So, Zach, I think he promotes creativity. Mm-hmm. He loves to promote that in his students. So he allows them to do things like that that are just crazy sometimes so i can't believe like right now he allows his students to carry these expensive cameras around and and do photos and do videos and do all this stuff 
So that was one of the things um, when I met you. So I don't remember being around you that much, but um, your mother was a teacher, or was she a parapro at the time? I can't remember. Did she start out as a parapro? I can't no, remember. She started. I subbed for your mother, I think, I'm pretty sure. And um, I did that substitute teaching for a while after I retired. So, uh, but then uh, I really got to know you when you went to Florida with us. Oh, just the world of Harry Potter. And went to, uh, uh, I'm talking about Panama City. You went. Oh, you Panama came. City. Did oh, you yeah. do that first? The or Panama Universal? City was after. Universal after. was first. Okay. So we've Universal been on a couple first. trips together. Yes. So uh, Austin and I both have a love of coffee. So oh, yes. I loved it at Universal that he would be looking for the Starbucks. That's how and I, I wanted coffee room. too, because when I get tired, uh, coffee can pick me up. Oh, yeah. So if it, if you don't have that, you gotta have um, Diet Coke or something. You give you something. 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 Yes. Something to pick you up a little bit. Yes. So anyway, we um, and Austin has his little weird ways. So we tease. He's teasable. Oh he yes. Mind being teased. Oh, I love it. So he's really kind of part of our family. You know, if you think about it, he's been around, you know, uh, our family a good bit and the kids and uh, know him, the grandkids and all. So that's how we met. Well, yeah. And then Floyd, your husband, he oh, was... Oh, I forgot about well, Floyd. Well, I don't know. He was my computer teacher when I was in fourth yes. grade and he and my mom teach at the same school. So I've okay. kind of known okay. about you. I've known you guys forever. Yeah. But okay. we've really come, you know... Me and you have kind of got to really connect since about yeah, the past. Yeah, I probably had you a few years when I was subbing too. Yeah, you know when you were younger. So I, I, I don't have a memory of that, but I'm sure I did. Probably did. But and then he, uh, let's see, recently he did your wedding, but I didn't go. I didn't get to go. Yeah. And the intimate ceremony. We're getting yes, like the big yeah, ceremony the next year. Ceremony. But yeah, so you're actually legally married. Yes. So, so. um. What other? What else is there? I can't. I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, we okay. just at this point. When you, he comes are, by the you come by the house. Yeah, and, I mean, we've just we, been, you know, our our paths have been kind of interwoven for years, but we've really got to know each other. Yeah, more personally later. the past few years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. But and then today, like where we are, normally we like to meet, you know, out, out on location, and we'll go to different places. Sometimes I've done it. I've actually at this point recorded one virtually, but um. Typically, we'll meet. We was the whole thing about this podcast. We meet out of studio, and today we're basically just. You wanted to meet. I say, let's meet somewhere comfortable to you. So we're sitting in your living, your basically dining your dining room. room. Yeah, the dining room table. Just sitting at the table. And I couldn't really meet at the post office, so I don't think they would allow that. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't. That's a hurdle. I don't want to try it, to jump. It's not really a comfortable atmosphere because uh, I don't know that many people left there. I know a few. Yeah. And I was trying to think when you asked me that, was there a park or anything near a post office? And I couldn't think of anything. So. Well, that's fine. Well, there's, usually, there's nothing more comfortable than your own home. Yeah. So here so, we are. Yeah. So, well, very cool. So we, now that we've got, uh, we got that, you know, kind of set the scene a little bit there. Let's dive headfirst into the conversation of the Postal Service. And uh, the thing that I'm always, I guess let's just start, explain the logistics of it. Like, what are the things, like, what was your day to day? Like, how does that work? And I know you've, it's been. Was it how? How long has it been since you retired? I retired in two thousand nine. Okay, so not basically long the work is about the same. Uh, they've updated a lot of it, uh, but I started out as a substitute, and um, it was very very difficult at first. It was more difficult than I had anticipated. 
and I was just a young, you know, mother. Uh, we lived uh, on a route uh, off Highway 27, and I had a mail carrier, and we got to know him. He was actually a friend because he was a music minister in another church, and we kind of, I talked to him, and, and I told him I had always kind of thought I would want to deliver mail because when I was growing up in Andalusia, Alabama, um, I we loved our mail carrier. He was good to us. We were we gave him food and stuff like that. We I don't remember his name, but he was, you know, he was somebody I looked up to. Mm-hmm. So I was looking for a job or a part time job because my I was my children were going into school, and he suggested he said over at Silver Creek they've got a substitute job open. You might just want to go over there. So I went over there, and the lady said sure. So what is a before we what is a substitute in a the world substitute of postal only works um, uh, for when another full time carrier is off, and so what happened though in that case was that I can't remember if it was right at the beginning or right after I started there was a what's called an auxiliary route. An auxiliary route is a small route. That what they've done is one route got too big, so they took another part, a part of it off, and made a part-time route to relieve that bigger route. So you have to have a certain amount of route to do that you can do in a day, mm-hmm. even on um, difficult days, yeah. really heavy mail days. So once it gets what's called overburdened, then it comes to the point where the carrier's not really making any more money doing all that work. Mm-hmm. And so they, most of them are pretty glad to get that part, a certain part of their route taken off. So what they took off is uh, part of the subdivision over here, and that became an auxiliary route, and that's what I started on. That was Route 3. At that time, Silver Creek just had uh, two routes, and that little part-time route made three. So I ran that route, which I did run every day. But only half a day. I would I would be home by eleven or twelve running yeah. that route, and that worked great. Yeah, uh, with having kids and all. So um, then the other route was coming open, the one that had been overburdened and they taken this off. Uh, I can't remember if the carrier retired on that route or what happened to that carrier, but it had been vacant for a while, and they had been posting it and couldn't find anybody to do it. So when I went in and and replied i had to go take a test uh to see how good and i did pretty good on those kind of tests and i took several of those tests because when i was trying to get a full-time job i even as i was part-time i was still trying to get full-time so um it turned out that when you take a test the normal people uh are in one category but military people get points. So mm-hmm. if you've served in the military, the Postal Service gives you points on whatever score you make on the test. And I'm not sure if it's exactly this way or not, but some were, got five points and some got ten points, considering what kind of military they did or something. So somebody was, there were two people ahead of me on the list, which means they had higher scores than me, but they were both military. One of them declined the job. One of them came to the job and just never could do it. It just, I mean, it just takes a certain, some people are just either too slow, they just are trying to do everything too meticulously. Mm -hmm. That would be me, by the way. Well, that is actually me. Oh, really? But I was fast enough to (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, I could tell you some stuff. I'm not, I'm not the fastest, but I was good. You know, I was medium. I would say I was medium. So uh, that man uh, didn't make his probation. So they give you, a, I think it's a six week. But anyway, so then I was next on the list and I got that route. So that's how I started working full time. So going into a route, when you first go in, they'll train you, but you don't, it's not much training. Mm -hmm. And that you will ride with the carrier that's doing it. And you will watch that carrier when you first go in, you've got buckets of mail. And you got a case where it has all the addresses. And it used to have names. When I first started, it was just names. Because people used Route 1, Route 2. They didn't use all these addresses. Mm -hmm. So you would have names of where people got mail, and you would case it. You would just get a thing of mail and, and just start putting it up and put it in order. Put it in order. It was in order of the, the way the route would run. Mm -hmm. So when you're being trained, you helped the person kind of or watched them if there was room in the case. The case was not that big. but um, And then you would pull your mail down. And you pulled it down in bundles, and you put it in a tray, and that way, when you got in the car or something, it, they wouldn't all fall apart because mm -hmm. the bundles sometimes weren't that uh, sturdy, you yeah. know, as far as staying together. Mm -hmm. And you learned how to do a good bundle, and you learned what things you could put in there and what things would mess up the bundle because sometimes if it's a little package that's not, you know, straight, mm -hmm. it would mess up the bundle. Um, so. And then you would take it out and, and load your car. And, and at the same time, you load packages. But all that has to be done in order of the way you're going to do the route. So you load the first things last. So I learned very quickly how to load a route. Now, sometimes the packages would move around. Um, sometimes I'd lose a bundle. You know, there are things that happen. But and then other times we would have what's called box holders. And if you know what those are, those are the advertising things. Those are terrible. I hated box holders. I got to where I would case the box holders. I was just go ahead and put them in and then way I'd have them and I wouldn't have. But they taught me that you're supposed to put those box holders somewhere else. Like you have your um, at the first vehicles and we hadn't gotten to vehicles yet. But the first vehicles I did, I sat in the middle and left foot. And everything would do the brake and accelerator. Huh. Okay. And then right in the right, it would be that. My mail would be in my lap or they would have some mail right by the right window, other mail by the left window. Um, and those box holders were supposed to be somewhere in there. These stacks of like, it was... Um, Millikans used to have one. They were horrible. They had this newsprint on them, your hands turned black. Uh, they can be, it's what's called marriage mail, where it's one thing folded and you got all these little pieces inside and they were always falling out and everything. So it got to be so, it slowed me down so much that I started uh, casing the box holders just so I wouldn't have to deal with those extra things because you'd have to get the mail, you know, look to see if they had regular mail, then get the box holder, then get that together, put it in, then make sure you didn't miss a package or something, you know, because if you go to the package, if there's a package, you might have to go to the door. And I would always put a marker there if it was a big package where I had to go to the door. It would fit in the mailbox. So, I mean, then you've got to deal with picking up mail, mm -hmm. and you've got to have a place for your outgoing mail. 
You've got to deal with stamps that people bought stamps. They do that a lot more, did that a lot more, I think, before than they do now. But you have to have stamp stock. So there's a lot of things to consider. So when you finally get it loaded up and you get in the car and you're ready to go, you just start out on your first first box. And so that's, that's how it's done. And it's done with um, the roads uh, are supposed to be in an order so that you can get everything on the right side, then come go down a highway maybe and turn around and get everything on the left side. But then they then you go down all kinds of subdivision roads and you might go to extra roads and so sometimes you have to go back over territory you've already done and, and that kind of thing but it's supposed to be arranged that way so that you can do it efficiently with the less mileage so you want to ask me about any of that i've talked well about. well the, the zoning process and i don't know how much you can speak on that but how they determine like is there so many um, post offices that have to exist per capita or is it like because when I don't know here and where we live there's several post office you know buildings mm -hmm. um, and I assume each of those have different rounds mm -hmm. um, so it's just who puts together that those the zones and the routes and can you know do you I, know much I about that? I think each uh, you have a uh, office like Atlanta is our main hub and um, the main hub, I think, kind of decides, like, if you've got an area that's really growing and it's not going to be able to be served, there's too many um, uh, addresses and they're not going to be able to be served by the existing post offices in the area, then they will do another. But it's very unlikely they're trying to... Um, it's unlikely that there would be new ones as much now unless it was just a whole, you know... A, huge amount because they're trying to consolidate post offices now oh. and one only problem with that is that makes the uh employees carriers have to drive a lot further to get to their place of work to get the mail then have to drive further out to their route but they say that's more cost effective of course than having another building so a lot of these little ones like silver creek where i worked in lindale and um then you've got an Murchy one and all these are in Georgia. Yeah. Northwest Georgia area. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. so um um they would have like what like I said when I started, um, Silver Creek had two routes. I think now they have at least four and maybe a part time. I, I haven't asked lately. But I know that um you know, they're growing. It's slow growth, but they yep. have grown. Mm -hmm. Uh it would be difficult to have a building in Rome that would accommodate all these little post offices around. And they've talked about it. They've talked about consolidating it, but they'd have to like have a lot build, bigger building, I believe. Yeah. Now, I don't I don't know. I haven't looked at I haven't been in that building but once or twice. So I don't really know, but I know it's busy all the time and people coming in to mail stuff and all that. So that's another thing. If you consolidate, then you have people having to drive a lot further to go mail a package or to um, uh, pick up a package that hadn't, you know, hadn't fit in their mailbox or had to be signed for. So that's why people are against consolidating because it's like a school too. Because people want those things in their community, they want the post ops in their community. They feel like they can, they know the people and. If you go to a big one like Rome, you 
you might, you don't know anybody hardly. Now, I kind of do because I've just known. But, I mean, I know the names, name of my postmaster, the name of my mail carrier. In big offices, they don't. A lot of people complain about the big offices. It's where they, and, and I heard there's a lot more difficulty in the big offices with um, customer service just because they have so many routes and then they have routes that are vacant. They have to use subs. The subs don't know the routes as well. So they would have a lot more difficulties in the bigger routes. So that's the the con for consolidating, for, against consolidating. Do you have to make multiple trips? And you may have said this, but so do you typically ha- uh, have to go back to the, you have to make multiple trips to the, uh, to on your route back to the only, hub? Only, probably holidays. But I will say that now, ever since the pandemic, and people started ordering a lot more stuff. I mean, people order toilet paper, dog food, things that you would just normally go to the grocery store and get. And you wouldn't think of ordering them in the mail, but now they order all that stuff. Hmm. And the Postal Service has, you know, they've got different um, um, requirements for what can be mailed and all that. But basically, yeah, you can mail all that stuff in hmm. Anything about um, that, yeah. Yeah, that's they basically they come to a about. culture, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a big culture shift where people want everything delivered. And the Postal Service had really rough time during COVID because they were having to do all this COVID protocol and deliver a whole bunch more packages, hmm. not necessarily letter mail because our letter mail has gone way down. But the packages have just uh, ballooned, and uh, they were having to go back for several trips so, of course, if you got all your mail delivered on the first tri- uh, trip and some of the packages, you could go back and just get packages and go out for that. But most of the time, they would divide up their route. Like they'd take the first half of the route out and then come back for the second half. And that's what I usually did around Christmas okay. when we were working more hours. And um, it it was just easier to do it that way, that you would have the package and everything for the the address and not have to go buy that address again but yeah things like that um we always get paid for if we have to make an extra trip but what the postal service likes to do is get a uh, another employee to carry out some extra packages for you so you don't have to make an extra trip that's more cost effective to them so those would still be applied to that route but that carrier would get relief it's called give them relief and they'll do that during the Christmas times or heavy times. But pandemic was just terrible because they were having to use gloves, wear a mask and do all this extra stuff. And I mean, it was just, you know how people thought everything had germs on it. Yeah. So they were cleaning their trucks. They were doing all this extra stuff that now we kind of figure out it was probably unnecessary, but yeah. it was just, you know. Yeah. Back then, I mean, nobody, I mean, nobody knew enough to make any, decisions really it was all yeah assume assume the worst everywhere so you were going out and handling all this stuff that you had no idea if it all had germs on it so you're having to protect yourself and yeah i was just so glad and the worst the some of the worst times we had that i remember is election time because we get all that election mail and they're still sending it out and i don't think it's that effective because most of it i as a mail carrier throw it in the trash yeah because it's usually 
hate mail against somebody or all this glowing mail for somebody. And you know the truth is right in the middle and, and those mail outs are just... But we would have all the election mail and it had to go out like first class. It couldn't be held back. Like some advertising mail is dated, but some can be held back. And if you have too much mail and can't take it in one day, you can hold it. But you're not supposed to do that unless you just have to. Yeah, I think we need to get away from this junk mail stuff. Oh, I mean, I don't goodness. get it. I don't like why. Why? I mean, well, it's just such. It's freedom if they want to spend their money on yeah. sending mail to every box. And they think that that's and, and sometimes that could be effective. I would think if somebody uh, now I will look at something if I haven't heard of a candidate, if it's new to me and I'm thinking, I don't know if I know anything. And I'll look at it. But I just think. And a lot of that election mail doesn't get to us on time. Like, we have to deliver it even after the election. I mean, yeah, so sometimes just, it just over. seems so wasteful. That's one thing. is like, you go to the mail, and I just, I mean, I can't even imagine, you know, if, if a person, even just one person, just collected all the junk mail, the mm -hmm. mail that they don't even look mm -hmm. at, that they just throw away for advertisement. That should, to me, that should be outlawed. Like, yeah. especially in a digital age, like, this stuff should be well, limited to digital only. Not it, it is revenue for the post office, so they will never want it to stop. They'll want people to keep doing it because it's revenue. And, uh, and I mean, that is a, that's your decision, too. You have, yeah. They have freedom to send it out. You have freedom to throw it in the trash can. Yeah. And the only problem is sometimes it will pile up in mailboxes. You know, that was one of our issues that, if you have mail that hadn't been picked up and you have to go through it and then we can we have to bundle it in a certain thing and it actually gets thrown away but it has to be we have to look at it and have to bundle it for that way well and, and that's uh, it's funny you say that because i didn't even know this and up until a few years ago that you can actually go to the u.s post service website and if you're going on vacation for a week you can put a pause on it mm -hmm. which that has been super super helpful because you know if you're going on a cruise or you're going you know on a four or five day trip or whatever um you can go on there and register for it and say i'm leaving this date or pause it or whatever and they will hold your mail mm -hmm. that's been super awesome for the few times I, in the past five years i've gone out from you know gone with more than i've been doing that or, too yeah. and um about the junk mail i mean the thing about i will look at like little these little um advertisements for sales and like if it's clothing or shoot or whatever you know that i but i usually still order it online but they'll have a little order form in there like somebody might want to mail it in they'll have the phone number and all that but usually you just look at it and you think hmm, that looks nice go online see if they have it yeah in your size or whatever yeah and so it it does serve a purpose some things what i will one to bring out was I was really aggravated at people who sent out mail-in ballots to every registered voter because from the election mail, we know that a lot of those are just undeliverable. Mm -hmm. So they were sending out ballots, not requests for ballots, but ballots in a lot of states. And I knew, every mail carrier knew, those are just going to get stuffed in a mailbox and not used and they could be that could be fraudulent a mm. way to do a fraudulent ballot so uh particularly in apartments and things where people move all the time and you deliver something because it's got that address on it and you don't know if 
they live there or not sometimes. And, you know, so you're delivering all these and then you, it's not secure. Those yeah. ballots were not secure because they go through, they just go through the mail. Anybody can pull them out. I mean, they even had instances of that happening because there are, there are some dishonest mail carriers, you know, just to be honest. So I fussed about that because I said, that would be awful. That's yeah. like election mail. You're having to deliver those to every registered voter and you know, you know. And I mean, how few of those people even want the mail-in ballot? Yeah, they're supposed to, the whole idea before was that they would request a ballot. And yeah. you know if somebody requests it, then they do live at that address. So yeah, I mean, that to me, that's sense. fine. Yeah. yeah, but to deliver all these that you don't know where the people are. You forward them, and they they might live in another area and vote for your people. But now they're living in another state, but they can still vote because they got a ballot. Yeah, and uh, mm. you know they're not supposed to, but they mm. do. So a lot of that happened, and uh, people. I got. I put it up on one Facebook post. Somebody put it, and it was an honest answer. And I thought everybody was honestly answering. And I got lambasted for saying that they shouldn't send it out to every registered voter. Oh yeah, As Facebook. I just social media. Any yeah. you post anything, anything that's of any opinion, it's like I, uh -oh. it's just I a, you're just setting yourself. Well, that's up what for, I'm saying. Oh well. There's two things I want to hit on, but before we get to that point, just t touch on like. Um, what are some of the most unexpected uh, ways that, like, I guess, like from the day to day, like, what are some of the things that seem very interesting or very clever? Or, well, what are the biggest efficiencies? Because I know, like, people think about the post service; they think, you know, they're inefficient, and you know, like, there's people that they're slow or whatever. Like, what are some of the things like kind of debunk some of that? Like, because I mean, that's I don't I think it's a well. When they complain about time, and I don't know if that has to do with your efficiency, the problem with time is that we can't, you know, people think we ought to be at their mailbox at the same time every day. Yeah. It depends on what you have in the post office sitting there waiting for you to deliver. How difficult that is to get sorted out and organized into the route. And I will say, uh, that's one of the things I meant to mention when we would start putting things. A lot of the mail now comes already sorted. So you have you may have uh, a whole tray or several trays of mail that's already been sorted by the sorting machines. The only issue with that is you still have to look at it. And some people still will take that mail and case it in, the, in order in their case. Others take it straight out the street, but you still got to look at it because it's not always right. There's people that have moved in there and then there's miss miss sorted mail in there and, and so you still have to look at it uh so that's an issue with efficiency that they have done that thinking it will make things more efficient and it may have mm -hmm. uh it's just that you have to do a little bit more out on the route and what i would think is i would rather do as much as i can inside the post office getting it ready before taking it out on the route so that's why we always cased ours most our carriers in our office, so I don't know what they're doing now. But anyway, uh, the Postal Service tried to make us say we had to case it. I mean, had to carry it out. But then the our union said, no, that ought to be the choice. So the best way I thought was to have as much prepared ahead of time. So 
where a person, when a person gets their mail, regardless of where they are on the route, it depends on how much you have ahead of them. You may have several um, express mails where you have to go off the route to deliver those before a certain time. You may have certified where you have to go to the door and get a signature. If they're not home, you have to leave them a notice that you have to write up the notice. Um, there's a lot of little things like that. Somebody may be coming to the box and talking to you. Well, you can't talk long, but you, you always try to be friendly. I had yeah. people that always did that. That was just one of their things. And, you know, they, I might talk two to three minutes. Well, you know, just it, to be friendly, but that's, that, yeah. that will. So then you have issues with vehicles. Yeah. <laughs> you know, something happens to your vehicle. You have a flat tire. So, so there's always all different ways that, a route, um, you might not be there at the same time. Yeah. And um, if you have a neat, don't have much mail. I mean, I had days where the mail was just pitiful. We'd say, this is pitiful. Why should we even come to work today? Yeah. You know, because we had so little mail. But we still had to carry it all out and go out through the whole route. And like you're talking about, Well, it, yeah. What, look at every address. Look at every mailbox. Yeah. Because so, I guess the days where there's not a lot of mail that you had to put out, you st- I guess... It, on those days, are you mostly just driving kind of slow, but yeah. just enough to where mm-hmm. you can see each mailbox, see the, th- yeah. the flag up? Yeah. You so. still are just because um, you don't want to miss a flag. Uh, sometimes you have to stop because some of these people's mailboxes, the flag doesn't really stay up good. So they'll sometimes you might think, is that flag up or is it? Did and, the wind blow it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I've had people... Um, uh, put mail in the box and didn't put the flag up mm. and then call the post office and complain but i just knew their flag. <laughs> but i mean i guess i well, i made a mistake or they did we don't know which one or but then they call some, and complain somebody may have been walking down the road and asking just, directions just or just uh, people, or just somebody just may have pushed it put it down just being yeah me yeah you know, just some some pedestrian or somebody's walking oh i'll just you know you just never know and they're not supposed to touch a mailbox because it's federally protected well and that's one of the things i was going to ask you too is like what are some of the because I, I know there's some interesting laws around mailboxes mm-hmm. like federal like you just said federally mm-hmm. protected like federal laws about um what do you have to say about that because I, I only know well, maybe one or two that was one of the things we had to deal with sometimes because we had to deal with ups putting things in the mailbox and they're not supposed to they're not even supposed to touch our mailboxes newspapers were sometimes they delivered those in mailboxes like the atlanta journal if they got that on sunday it would come in monday morning there's that big old atlanta journal taking up space in the mailbox and we'd have to call atlanta journal tell them to tell their carrier they cannot put it in the mailbox and then um people would put things like lost dog but we didn't usually worry about that because that's usually their neighbors and stuff yeah People are not supposed to go, go around putting those flyers in all the boxes. That They're supposed to pay for that. They're never supposed to go around opening mailboxes. They're not even supposed to tape anything on the mailbox, which you'll find them trying to do. To get around the box, uh, not opening the box, I think they can tape it. They're not supposed to touch the boxes. Hmm. So that is that was just something we had to deal with. We also had to deal with, um, we turned into the... Um, uh, I can't remember what the department's called. Floyd County Works, Roads and Works, or whatever. If there were potholes, if there were places in the uh, road that needed work done, 
Uh, I actually turned in when I saw uh, smoke that somebody hadn't put their bonfire, you know, a trash fire out good, huh. and there was nobody at home, and it was, and things like that. We watch for things like that. So there, I've had to call with cows in the road. At being in a rural area, you will sometimes see cows get out. Cows, <laughs> yeah, that's true. And um, it's a hazard because they were up there on uh, Rockmart Road toward Aragon. So I've had to call, um, what else did I have to call? I can't remember um, unlawful things. Well, that's interesting. Um, I never I never thought about that, but really, I mean, so it, by, literally the government has eyes yeah. on every, on every, yeah, on every if day. A mail, if a mail carrier is conscientious, they want to watch out for all those things. Now, some probably wouldn't take the time, but if I saw something that I thought was uh, dangerous or Clearly nefarious yeah. or whatever. That's in, yeah. I'd never thought about that. I've never, which I know you guys don't think of yourselves as spies for the government, but it, you know. No. But like, it's interesting when you think about the government, hopefully for a good, you know, typically for good, you know, good purposes. Um, that is interesting when you think, I never thought about a mail carrier like that. There's sort of eyes and ears for the government just to keep people safe and like even for the potholes. Well, we stuff, had a, know. we had a form to fill out for the, um, Huh. For the county office to come fix the road, so and they they have to do it. Hmm. I have that is that see that is something that's my biggest eye opener because I never thought about that. that's really cool. Well, it's good to know that at least that that um, those policies are in place where you can keep you know keep the roads better and you know that's a that, I will say that is surprising. Well, that helps us. Yeah. Too. Yeah. But uh, I will say that I had some issues where. People had put things in the mailboxes that they weren't supposed to. I actually had a kitten in a mailbox one time. And, of course, it scared me to death. I opened up the mailbox and it's, you know. My gosh. And, and he wouldn't let me get him out because he was too scared. He went to the back of the box. So I just left the lid open. That's terrible. And I don't remember. I think they might have had one piece of mail. So I went ahead and put the mail, you know, and I said, I'm leaving the box open so the kitten can come out. Because people will complain if you leave their boxes open. But I said, no, I'm going to. I had some raw meat in a mailbox one time, so I just left it oh, and called and turned it in, you know, that somebody had done that. I had a, oh, the wor one of the worst things I had happen was um, a lizard jumped in my car. Oh. And if if you know me, I don't like lizards. I mean, I don't, I don't hate them or anything. I just don't want them on me. So here I was. This is one of the cars where I was sitting in the middle. And he jumped on the seat, right, you know, sitting right here, and he's jumped on the seat. And I'm going, I'm screaming, you know. So as I turned my head to get my seatbelt off, because I was going to try to get out of the car this way, I mean, normally you'd think somebody that wasn't scared of lizards could have probably picked him up and thrown him out or something. Yeah. But I'm I'm just, and I do that with spiders. See, I'm terrible. I've learned on, if they were daddy long legs, I could pick them up and just throw them out. Yes, they're always getting stuff like when people leave mail in the box and they'll and you'll get it and then there's some kind of insect or something. Yeah, that's true. And uh, but the lizard, he jumped somewhere when I was screaming and turning my head and I looked and he wasn't there. But I didn't know where he was. Uh -huh. So I ended up having to climb out. I climbed out the other side, I had to move all my mail, get out, then empty the whole car of the mail. So I'm sitting there in this, it was actually off the road, so it wasn't blocking anybody. 
unloading all my mail looking for that lizard. And that's how I am with spiders. Like if a spider gets in my car and I don't, and it's like goes behind me or something, I can't drive. I know. Like I have to pull over I until I know that spider is not I in the car. I could not. And I never did find that lizard. And it must have jumped out because when I got home, the whole route, I was thinking, where is that lizard, you know? But I had ch- searched the whole car. But Floyd took it to the neighbors. We li- we, that was when we lived over on off 27. And they had a uh, shot back and back in that whole car looking for that lizard and never found it. But anyway, that was the time I thought. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, well, I feel like we could do it. We could almost do a whole mini episode. And we may do this one day. <laughs> Well, we just talk about the your the findings, the things that you've come across on your routes and in the mailboxes. Well, I've told you most of them, but if I thought about it, I could probably think of some more. I don't know. Because I mean, we may do that. We may do a bonus episode. Money. Uh, one time, somebody put an envelope of money in there, and I thought this is too much for stamps. And so I just left it, and then I I turned. I told my postmaster. I said, I just wanted you to know if. That they and she called him and said, "Did you know you left money? This and it was like two hundred dollars or something." She was like, "Oh yeah, so and so was supposed to pick that up." And I'm like, "Don't leave it in the mailbox because oh, yeah. the carrier doesn't know what to do with it." Don't I mean with nobody's name on it yeah. or anything? And that's interesting you say that because that is something culturally that you know it's like you need to give somebody to something to someone. You'll just drive it and leave it in your mailbox. Mm-hmm. But technically, I guess that's a federal well. No, if it's your own mailbox, I, I've done it because it, to, like, leave a key in the mailbox. Yeah, or for, like, a neighbor or something. But I'll do it when I know the mail carrier's already run. Yeah. I'll wait till evening when there's not going to be a mail carrier. Yes. They're going to get it that day. That's the only time I do it. I wouldn't leave it if it were overnight and the mail carrier might come across it. Because yeah. the mail carrier doesn't know what to do with it. They're like, okay. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, so. well, and... I, we're actually coming up to time pretty much here, and I want to, um, before, before we get to recommendations, I definitely want to talk about the conventions, because I know okay. you had talked about that, and we can touch on the vehicles, but um, we're probably getting a little bit long in the tooth to talk about the vehicles. Maybe we'll do like another or a bonus episode down later. Um, I'll come back and we can just talk about vehicles and the other, we can call it the uh we can disguise your voice or something, and <laughs> you can tell us all the <laughs> all the things that they don't want us to know. <laughs> but um, you know, I don't know. So, but let's definitely let's talk about the. Let's just talk about the conventions and the and the camaraderie and the culture of the mail carriers and like what you're like um, what that's like. The, what the culture on the inside is that's okay. very fascinating to me. Okay, well. What I found out is that, um, see, I have a master's degree, so people would normally think, well, why are you doing postal service? You don't have to have a degree, but you'll find out that the postal, uh, a job with the postal service is a good job. It's, it's fairly good paying. It's a job that you can go, now this would be another episode too, that I could tell you about the stress, but it's a job that you can go and leave it. I mean, once you're done, you're done. You can go home. You don't have to. Um, it's not like you're on call, usually, unless you're a sub. But There's anyway, no blurred lines between no. that and your home. Yeah. So you just, um, uh, as soon as I used to, as soon as I got off work, I could go to my children's games or do whatever I wanted to. And I, if I got off at 2, I could go home at 2. Now, all the post service jobs are not that way. 
But I started going to conventions um, fairly early on, but you would have to ask off for work and you have to take your annual leave. Um, and then when I retired, they really, there was a time I couldn't go because uh, it was our, it interfered with our family vacation. But then they changed the dates where I can go. So we usually go before my family vacation. And Floyd, uh, it, they pay, the union pays for, if you're a delegate, they will pay for your room to get there, to, I mean, to stay there. And so we get a little, he gets a little mini vacation in a motel room where he can do a lot of stuff he wants to do. And I go to all the meetings. So like what, what so, cities were they usually in? Were they in uh, like all Savannah, across the country? Columbus, Atlanta. There so was one in Georgia. Rome one time. Yeah, oh, they're all in Georgia okay, because so. it's a state convention. I, I have you. not gone to a national convention. I got you. I got you. But the state conventions are, um, they're a lot of fun as far as you get to see people every year that you're used to seeing. You you recognize the total variety there is in mail carriers, and uh, we're all rural mail carriers. But there's some very highly intelligent people that have risen to the ranks, and they're, they're heads of the unions, and they do all this really difficult. Uh, we have a financial secretary that's really, really smart. She started out, she still, they still have routes. So they still run their routes, even if they're union representatives. But um, we have, it, it's, a, it's a learning experience in the uh, Roberts Rules of Order because we go according to the Roberts Rules of Order. And so we can get really dicey on and get a lot of um, uh, discussion and disagreement on a lot of things. You would you'd be surprised what they are. But there are things like uh, um, I can't remember the one we were fussing about this year that came. But one of the things was we were trying to divide the regions one time, and it was really an emotional issue for some people because they didn't want to do that. But some of them had got way too big, and they were having trouble finding places to meet and that kind of thing, so we're having to divide. So that was a real emotional issue, but I just enjoy that kind of thing because I like to see how people um, solve problems and they vote properly. And uh, I have compared it to, I've gone to some other meetings, I won't say what, but where they don't go by Robert's Rules of Order and the leadership just kind of bowls over and does whatever they want to. And if anybody tries to say, uh, we have, you, you uh, didn't do, you didn't follow this rule, they just kind of act like it's nothing. And yeah. so to me, any organization like that and their, their professional union um, that isn't run according to the rules that they have agreed to. And there's these... You said it's Robert's Rule of... That's what... What is it called? Robert's Rules of Order. Rob, and, and is it, that what the unions have just basically agreed on? Is like, that is a high... That's used in any kind of convention, any kind of uh, business meeting that uh, churches use those. Really? Okay. Uh, any kind of organization that wants to decide their things according to the, uh, a plan that tells what you can do, like whether you can put an amendment on that. Like somebody has an emotion, a motion for this. Should we vote on the motion, ask for amendments to the motion first, and then vote on the motion? 
or should we vote on the motion, then add amendments? Well, there are rules for that. Huh, okay. So one meeting I went to asked, did the motion, and then asked for all the amendments. Well, you're not supposed to do that because people can't remember all that. Hmm. Another meeting I went to wanted to change the whole rules of the meeting, and they, but they didn't have it in writing. So we couldn't see the difference in the old rules and the new rules and what they were changing. And they kept saying, oh, well, it's nothing. We're just reorganizing. And I was like, no, we have to see what you're changing. If you're changing the rules, we have to see it. Hmm. And we voted that down because they didn't bring it in writing. So that's just something that the union does. And I get to see uh, at least two or three of my people I worked with that I wouldn't normally see. Some of them are retired. Some of them are uh, still working. So that is an issue. That is a why I like. I like to keep up with friends. And so um, that's the only way I usually keep up with friends. We did have an extra little get-together for the Silver Creek Post Office not too long ago, and it was a whole lot of fun because we got to see people we yep. hadn't seen in a long time. So. I love that. And are you still able to, to vote on these things since you are retired? Yeah. Okay. You can be a delegate. Okay. That, so but that's are. why I believe I should keep up with everything. If I'm going to vote, I want to be informed to vote. Okay, now, there will be issues that I'll say, that have come up since I've retired that my friends know about. And I'll say, "What what's happening with this? What do you think about that? And then they'll tell me their position on it because they're in the field working. Yeah. So they would have more... Um, um, There's on, the, on the line. Yeah, in, more yeah. interest in that issue than I, and I wouldn't know as much about that issue. But I do try to keep up with everything that's going on so I can vote. Hmm. That's very... That's very... Very, yeah. I did not realize you were still like that involved. Yeah, and it's, um, I read all the magazines. I send us magazines. We got a national magazine and a state magazine, and I read all that, and that helps me keep yeah. informed. I love that. So. Well, very cool. Well, there's definitely the things I'd love to talk about, and that's the hardest thing with these is like trying to keep these episodes around the hour mark, and we're going to go over a little bit with that, but that's okay. I usually you keep can it. edit it. I usually try to stay between 55 to hour and 10, mm-hmm. you know, minutes. Yeah. So before we, but that's always the hardest part. And again, you know, if I want to, I do these uh, bonus episodes I call in the moment. They're less structured and they just, so they could be five minutes, they could be 30 minutes. So maybe we'll do an in the moments uh, series where we, I just come over and we just talk about more funny or more lighthearted stuff. Just keep it. Uh, <laughs> Nick, well, Nick some be of this, on that. yeah, I guess I could, I, I don't know, I'll have to, I'll, it, you have made me think about, try to think back, and I haven't really gone through, I actually have journals where I detailed a lot of things that happened, so I oh. could actually go back and read the problem, find that. some more stuff. I love it, we could do it, uh, uh, I love that, the, the, the lost journals of the U.S. Personal Service. Yeah, and so... It's, it's it's so much of a habit. Well, my dreams are one thing, so that would be funny, probably. But it's a habit for me so much that in my journals, which are prayer journals, they're, they're pretty much prayers to God, that um, I, I do a little kind of devotional alone. Then I talk about the day before and what happened and thank you for this and all that and one of the things I always said is thank you for a safe day on the route I still want to say that 
even though I hadn't been on the route in, you know, what, how many years is it? Three? So 2000, about 14 years or so? 14 years. I still think, because I was so much in a habit, because there were days that little things happened, but it was okay. I didn't get hurt or anything like that, but he kept me safe every day, and I prayed and thanked him for that. So um, that is just a habit that was there. So now I thank him for the day before and just other things. But I always, for some reason, that always comes to my head. Thank you. Well, I love that. I love that. And, um, but again, you know, there's literally, there's so many things else I want to talk about, which is, a, so we'll, make, we'll definitely have to revisit this at some point for sure. Um, but because... <laughs> Well, I'm glad I was interesting. Oh, it is. You want to. I do. I mean, there's so many things I want to dive into. Take out those journals, make some notes, and let me know. We'll come back. And I definitely want to talk about the vehicles and, like, actually, in the safety aspect, too. I'd never thought about that either. I'd love to talk more about safety precautions, um, the vehicle logistics operations. If there's, if you like, you have a flat tire, that's something I want to talk Mm, about. I'd love to talk. And then just just any. I can tell you some stories about flat tires. So, so stay tuned because we, we're definitely um, at some point in the future. I definitely want to revisit this for sure. So before, okay. but to wrap it up, as sad as it is, I, I'd love to sit here and talk all day. Um, we have to wrap it up. So, the, what we, for the for new listeners, at the end of every episode, I like to basically just have recommendations, and it's something I just talked to you. I talked with you about before we recorded. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just something that's just fun. It could be off topic, it could be on topic, it could be tangible, intangible. Just anything that we do, um, just in our own personal life, just on a you know daily or recurring basis, that we would recommend as a quick, maybe a life hack or a way to save money, save time, you know, improve your life in some way. So that being said, what is your recommendation for us today? Okay, well, one or really one uh, serious one, and I won't go into detail, but that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and he's the purpose for everything. He, So he works through me in his spirit. Second one is keep up with friends. Uh, I have some I wish I'd kept up with, and I'm trying more to keep up with mine, especially my old friends. That's the two serious ones. And then one quick and I had two, and I can't think of the other one, but one is that I've started using laundry sheets instead of pods or liquid, and they are great. I haven't seen any difference, and they don't take up any room. Mm-hmm. They're cheap. You just throw it in. Yep. You don't deal with the mess. So Yeah, it's so, funny. it's so funny. It's so funny because I actually, and, and repeats are fine, but I actually recommended those myself. Like I don't even know it. Some <laughs> some episode in the past. Um, so it's good to say, good to see that and I great minds think alike. Amazon and they are cheap. I mean, when yeah. you consider what you were paying for, the for other. the buckets and the tubs and all that. Yeah. Oh yeah, the waste is so much better. Waste yeah. is so much better. You don't have those plastic and it's just cardboard. And I gave some to my mother-in-law who's in the assisted living. And they wash clothes, and yeah. she doesn't have much space, and so just those little pack of sheets, yeah, and then the the dry the softer sheets yep. together. I mean, don't take up any room. Well, that and this, not to mention the weight of it, because if you yes. get you know an elderly person, when you get a fresh uh-huh. you know jug of that detergent, it is mm-hmm. heavy. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So that's that's another. But yeah, so great minds think alike. As I recommended those uh, a few episodes back, I don't remember which episode. But. I wish I could remember. The other one was good too, but I'll maybe I'll think of it before we come back. So I'll have another tip. 
But that's a definitely a great tip for sure. My tip for the day, my recommendation is Kids Baking Championship, and that's a okay. show on the Food Network. And I, the reason I, I especially want to mention this is because, so my, my wife and I, um, at, we started watching it when we were engaged, um, and then have were maybe even before that, but watched the whole series, and I just fell in love with the two the two um, judges, Val and Duff, um, and I've I never really was super interested in the Food Network until most more recently. I've actually started cooking more in the past two or three years or so and just kind of gone a more uh, interest in cooking and not really baking or any, but anything, but, but uh, effectively what it is is just you start out with 12 kids in this, in this season and there's challenges and each episode eliminates one of the kids all the way till the very end and then um, one of the kids walks home, the champion walks home with $25,000 and a feature in Food Network magazine. Um, and it's just super, super fun. It's super cute watching these kids, you know, freak out. Some of the things they say, you know, kids say the darndest things. And it's just, it's, it's to the point we've actually finished it, you know, and then they started over and we're kind of watching the older episodes now. Um, but what's really cool about, um, so my wife, not now wife Avery, and she actually loves, um, she loves uh, the cooking network. She has lo- loved it more than longer than I've even loved it. And then uh, there's one of the judges on the show, uh, Duff Goldman. He started a company called Charm City Cakes. Year, I don't know how many years ago. I don't know, 20 years ago at this point, probably. Um, and he's had a couple of shows on the Food Network. And I just really have grown to like him and what he does and just been blown away by the cakes that his company makes. So I surprised Avery one day because we technically, yes, like we mentioned earlier, we did get married in June of, of 2023, but we're having our like big celebration, like, what most like our formal wedding day um in next year 20 in 2024 um so we are married but we're still having our wedding later um i surprised her with saying hey what if i were to get me and my groomsmen driving a big party party bus or van or something to baltimore the week a few days before the wedding you know maybe a day or two before the rehearsal and pick up a cake designed and built by charm city cakes in baltimore because that's where it started in baltimore Mm -hmm. so we've actually getting our wedding cake designed or our, uh both the wedding cake and then the sheet cakes we're going to also do a handout to um from charm city cakes in baltimore so it's going to be super cool and uh i thought about that and you know my recommendation but it's also i recommend it so much that we're actually driving 10 plus hours to get this cake and i'm still not quite sure how we're going to do it but we're going to do it and i'm, I'm we've got a few more consultation calls and uh, we're going to figure out the way that how this is going to work. But uh, I have faith in me and my my, my groomsmen. We can make this happen. Okay. So that's my recommendation and a little bit of a I life story. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Either it's going to make it back in one piece or it's going to make it back in pieces. And it's going to be an awesome story. And you can put it together. You can put we'll, it together. What, that cake's going to be on the table. I don't care what it looks well, like. Well, I've seen... Well, I don't know if it's movies or what, where the cake has been destroyed. You know, they're trying to carry it in and all yeah. this, and then it just, somebody runs into it. And yes. So, yeah. So, so it would be a great story if it didn't make it. But So to be to be determined, to be seen, mm-hmm. um, but or to be continued, rather. Yeah. As in this episode. Okay. <laughs> so stay tuned. <laughs> uh, I'll, you know, it'll be June of 2024. So after, when I record the first episode after that, date i'll have to update people on did the cake make it or not mm-hmm. so that would be well very good we'll have to do a whole podcast on the wedding too we will we will i mean maybe I, even more than one yeah because it's going to be quite a quite an adventure 
Yeah. So that's just and that's just one of the small pieces of it. So, well, very good. I, on that note, unfortunately, have to call it quits for the day. But thank you so much for coming on. And You're welcome. Hopefully, it was comfortable. You, if you felt. Well, I, I, you make people feel comfortable. So well, you. you seem to you're you ask good questions and and, and it's fine. It was fine. So well, very so. good. And we'll definitely keep. Please keep it. Go through those journals. <laughs> You've got me. I'm <laughs> I, on the edge. I of hadn't it. even thought about the journals, but I used to say, well, a lot of it was bad problems I was having. You know, like with uh, postmaster things that were happening in the office, and it's kind of a patent place. You know, sometimes yeah. things going on, and so I have to go back. There's I hadn't even thought about this journals having all that in there well keep me posted i'm on the edge of my seat yeah we'll definitely yeah. revisit we'll this, see so. if i can find some stuff i can share lost journals it's funny yeah so well yeah. very good well thank you so much you have any closing comment no i just uh thank you for uh asking me to do this i just i feel honored so well thank you for coming on thank you okay. so much and i'll i'll want to listen to some of your others so i'll have to write that down too yes absolutely okay. well thank you so much you have a great rest of your day you too